middle cough. Hey, behaves. Have you recovered yet? Have you recovered from your uh, AJ Brown? Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of oomph behind that one. I uh, I've recovered. Yeah, I, I slammed about seven liquid IVs over the last twenty four hours, and uh, I, I'm feeling better. They hydrate you. Yeah, they they hydrate you. Promo code AM. It really works. I've been hearing about them for a while, and then finally we started doing business with them, and I tried a couple of them, mainly out of necessity. Uh, and uh, I feel rejuvenated. It's taken me. I was I was hungover probably for 36 hours. It, it, but it hung. It was de- dehydration. I was dehydrated. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The hung the, the hangover ended quickly. The after effects. The the uh, by the way, we were talking. You and I were talking about Ed Ogeron earlier. We've been talking about him a lot, and uh, <laughs> we were debating whether or not what was the deal. The he he hit on a woman at a gas station that was like a. A, a head honcho's uh, wife. It was that the story. Yeah, the, the athletic did a breakdown of uh, some of his his changing of his personality. Ed lost who he used to be, and it was like seven different sections. And one of the sections was his prowess with the ladies, and it was a lot of stuff like you know bringing his girlfriends that you know were quite younger than him. Some of their young children, they would get to jump into uh, into drills. And one I'm pretty sure like the last paragraph was a moment that like did him in was he was at a gas station down in the bayou and a very good looking, very good looking lady was also filling up her tank right next to him. Ed feeling good. National champion. Six year, $42 million deal. You know, he started having some newfound confidence, freshly divorced, started hitting on this lady who in the article was pregnant uh, turns out not pregnant, but it was like Jesus, Ed. And it turned out she was a wife of a board of director, and it got back to the board of directors. And then, of course, Scott Woodward, who's now the athletic director, and it was a big thing. But as you did some digging, you're a good detective guy. I didn't do any digging. I just <laughs> went to the story because I'd missed your thing about the person was pregnant. So I went back to the story 10 minutes ago. Editor's note. I've never seen an editor's note like this. The story has been updated to reflect that the woman Ed Ogeron encountered at a gas station was not pregnant as previously reported. The athletic regrets the air. Was she showing in the initial story? Like, was she pregnant, visibly pregnant? And that's no, why Eddie O. No, no, no. The, to me, that he was hitting to, on her because she was with child. Yeah, the, the, the story was weird. Uh, because she was not with child, the way they described her was she was in workout clothes. He was in workout clothes. I mean, I mean, he was just in a coaching outfit, probably, right? Sure. And his line was, "You look like you work out. We should work out sometime." And part of it was like she was pregnant, and you're thinking, "Ed's really losing it, man. This is pretty nuts." But again, uh, why is the fact or not the fact the incorrect the mistake that she was pregnant relevant to the Ed story? Is my question like. Was it that? Because it was trying to make him look like it was trying to make him look like a scumbag, right? So, meaning she she's visibly showing a, st- a child, a stomach, and so it would be clear to him that that child came from somewhere. I.e., she has a partner potentially. Yeah, right. Like, that, that's and just, she's more than likely married or something, and you're hitting on a married okay, pregnant woman. Because I didn't it, know maybe it, the story was like it was trying to take down his character. That to me, that throwing the yeah. pregnant element in there. Yeah, and that's a pretty big re- re- redaction. Is it not <laughs> retraction, redaction? 
Both, yeah. Retraction yeah, uh, and redaction. I mean, if I'm Ed, I need that. Like, no, she was a good-looking woman. I hit on her. I did not know she was, uh, you know, Bill Johnson's, who happens to be the vice president of LSU's wife or something. Because that was the connection. It was like, damn, he hit on the wrong woman. Right, you right, know? right, right, right. But then so, when you she's she's she has a baby bump, you're like, God, Ed, this guy is... This guy's on one down there in the bayou. So the other part of it then is the idea of like, there have been 300 things said about Ed Ogeron's character over the last three days, right? And uh, the idea, just the idea of him stomping around going, I don't care about any of the rest of it. She wasn't pregnant. She was not pregnant. He admitted one of the, there were some, there's a lot of, there was the women part of the article and then there was like a coaching part of the article. It was like Pete Carroll's a mentor of Ed, right? He worked for him at USC. He still leaned on Pete. And when he lost Brady and Aranda, part of the reason he let Dave Aranda go, I guess, was he wanted to run like a four-man front, and he needed a guy. So he calls Pete, and he goes, Pete, I need a coach. And he's like, I got a guy. He's out of work. This guy's the real deal, Bo Pelini. And I think Ed admitted like he didn't actually interview him. He just went on like Pete's recommendation and they hired him and they had the worst statistical year in the history of the program. And I'm pretty sure the program's been around since like 1890. So it didn't, but Ed was admitting, you know, I probably didn't, I should have sat down with him longer. Uh, so it was just a lot of things were just kind of, uh, it's, it's a major hit piece on Ed. It really, it's just, uh, and that felt like the, 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 the nail in the coffin of like, you know, he's, he got married. He got divorced after 23 years of marriage to I think her name was like Miss Wendy or something, Kelly, you know. And they, had, yeah, Miss Kelly. It's always it felt like he was just cop- well, he was like, is he just copying Nick because isn't Nick's wife Miss Terry? You know, it's like, what are we doing here? I think it's just what you call people in the South, right? Women Maybe put it is in front of the name. Yeah, I mean, where, where we come from, you just say like uh, Joan or Julie or Alyssa, you know. But I guess that's the thing down there. But once he broke. Uh, became freshly divorced he went on uh he went on a terror and uh married or not he was coming pregnant or not it looked like for a second so i i think a little bit more of him now i i heard uh, jeff schwartz made a good point because he said wait a second isn't the first part of the report that coaches don't want to coach with them players don't want to play for him why is he coaching the rest of the year then <laughs> sucks for those guys like hey did you hear ed's out yep oh but he's still coaching the rest of the year that's kind of weird I, I had the thought that if he hadn't have won the national championship, 100% he would have been fired. He did bring the program one of the greatest probably six-month stretches in the history of LSU. Doesn't he deserve, even if it gets a little weird, like, you know, he's a he's a Louisiana guy. I I started thinking there's just a right way to handle it and everything. I, I don't know. You, you might know more about Scott Woodward than me, but it just feels a little bit like a classy thing to do, whether it's the right thing to do. I heard another... Uh, I heard an SEC guy that covers the SEC was like, well, one of the problems also is they did not have an assistant coach that even remotely came close to feeling good about giving him the interim tag. You know, like Jake Peets yeah, Jake is their Peets offensive is coordinator. Right. Who was the assistant quarterback coach like four years ago for Derek Carr. Yeah. Yeah. So Scott Woodward's the guy that hired Chris Peterson at Washington. Hey, he hired Jimbo Fisher at Texas hired A&M. Hired Jimbo Fisher at A&M. Yeah. So... No, you, you know could argue Jimbo Fisher's ten-year, hundred-million-dollar contract is, has zero buyout, no buyout. Uh, shocking information when you told me that today. How is that possible? 
I, I love Texas A&M. You know, I'm not going anywhere. This is where my wife is. This is where my foundation is. I love everything that's going on. I have a well, great chancellor. I have a great president. I think he's got a new one. Oh, he got remarried. Yeah. Take he's actually back. pretty good looking, too. You know? He went through a midlife crisis. Him and Ed probably have some stuff in common, I guess. But I, I can't believe he doesn't have a buyout. You know, again, I'm not spreading rumors here. You, you can validate it on the Reddit streams. I'm pretty sure Jimbo's ex-wife had a moment with a Florida player on a lake. If things got a little weird. So I don't even blame Jimbo for going through some things. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't blame him either. I'm just saying. I. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Ed just. It felt There's like a lot of money Ed, flying around down there. Yeah, it felt like Ed kicked Miss Kelly to the curb and wanted to just roam like a horse in the you know in the hills. You know, that's how the story made it seem. Yeah, yeah, that's how the story made it seem. That would not be the time to bail, but you never know. I mean, who knows? Don't you though? In a, in a serious note. Uh, didn't he deserve, like, if he's like, hey, man, it, it means a lot to me to coach, like, this program, what I brought to you, I don't know, 18 months ago. I, The more I thought about it, not an ideal situation, but. So, I don't know about deserve. I, I think that there's some, I, I can see your logic. I do wonder if it was just as simple as they did just beat Florida. It'd be one thing if they just gotten their ass handed to them and looked like they couldn't compete and that they were some, you know, haphazard operation. But I think if you're the athletics director, you're like, I still, if we're winning games, like if we're competitive, we still sell more tickets. We still sell more beer, probably in some weird way. I don't know if it makes it easier to recruit or not, but you're just more respectable. Their team competed the other day. They, they beat Florida. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I can understand just because they're playing well. If you're playing like dog shit, then, then you replace the coach and, you know, whatever. No one can criticize you, but they're, they're not. I'm pretty sure they scored 49. Po- I think they won that game 49 to 42. Like they, they were yeah. pretty explosive in that so, game. If no one's part of the article too, no one wants to coach with them. At least they're are they playing well out of spite? Then part of the article too was like, yeah, they score 49 points because any moment they should be able to do that. They have 75 NFL players on this roster. You know, it's part of the reason he's getting fired. Do you know that the last three coaches? Have you know part of this deal is Les Miles, Ed Ogeron, Nick Saban? Like you go there, you win a national championship. Yeah, you know yeah. you. It's it's a two of them fired. Yeah, two of them fired. Nick, Nick actually, I think has been on record and said it's one of his great regrets. Leading I think it all worked out. Yeah, like he had a good thing going. Yeah, I mean, it's especially what happened next was not positive. Rodney on the stream chat says, just dropped in to say Max Crosby is the highest rated pass rusher in pro football focus. I know you see this, Haberman. Put it on the screen for John. Middlecoff is very uh, pro Max Crosby. I will not. Oh, no, I'm kidding. They, the long arms. LSU against Florida. This feels like Nevada versus Fresno State back in our heyday. 45 rushes, 321 yards. Seven yards to carry. That is that is a bludgeoning. Oh my god. That's what Urban Meyer's looking for, John. Yeah, he is. Nice three hundred uh what would that be? 250. Yeah, so he'd go three twenty, one eighty. He'd feel good about that. Yeah. Uh this podcast is brought to you, sponsored by, in part, our friends, the great product, Tito's handmade vodka. Number one vodka in America. Kind of like uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, number one team in America. Tito's number one vodka in America. I was in a car the other day with a couple people that got roadies. One got a John Daly. The other got a uh, vodka soda. That's not legal, though, so don't take roadies unless no one's paying attention. This is but, not part uh, of the Tito's head. 
Yeah, that's not part of that. Is not sponsored by Tito's. That's sponsored by Middlecoff. So uh, Tito's number one vodka in America. Uh, I think I'm actually going to have a cocktail a little later today, and uh, I just can't rave about this stuff enough. Everyone keeps sending us your your pictures and your videos. I can't get enough. I mean, guy, we are getting people tweeting at us. On Tuesday morning, I swear to God, I saw one this morning at 8 a.m. And it's not like the guy was like, in Florida. The guy was like, in Nevada. They're on Pacific Standard Time, and he was having cocktails. Another guy at the bar, golf course. That one probably was 9.30 a.m., and I'm pretty sure he was drinking, too. Tito's golf bag. So we yep. love it. You know, you got to start early. That's right. Uh, that one looked like it was at uh, Wolf Creek was the golf course. Where's Wolf Creek? Is that is that Reno? I don't know. It sounds fun, though. It looked yeah, like the, um, the Nevada uh, Wolfpack uh, logo. But absolutely, John, Tito's Handmade Vodka, the number one vodka in America, uh, double gold. That's how it all started at the uh, San Francisco Spirit Awards. And then they just kept winning and kept winning and kept winning and into Trader Joe's and all over America and uh, all over the world. And then, bam, the next thing you know, uh, it's uh, it's the number one vodka in America. Why? Why? Because it's built first and foremost on quality. Quality first and foremost. Not about hype. Not about extra flavors. You can make a lot of flavors, a lot of good drinks. But first and foremost, it's about the product, John. It's about the vodka. It's about the quality. Also, the uh, official vodka, the PJ Tour, no Heard big deal. That. See, the PIP ratings came out. Tiger, number one, hasn't hit a shot. Uh, he got the $8 million. But uh, PGA Tour sponsors, sponsors Haberman Middlecoff. Can't recommend it enough. Go get yourself a bottle. BevMo, Albertsons, Safeway, H-E-B. Living Davis, Nugget. Wherever you go, the corner Wherever store, go, go see Elias at the oh, Sherman yeah. Market, Tito's Handmade Vodka, America's Craft, original craft vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. AJ on the stream said, I'm a bourbon guy, but my wife made me try Tito's the other day. Not going to lie. Pretty, pretty good. Tell your wife, thanks for listening. Uh, podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one. Mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one. We're right now. My bookie is doubling your first deposit up to a thousand dollars. If you accept that bonus, you do have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus, but either way, let them know that we sent you. So you can put up to a thousand dollars and get it doubled. That's hard to beat. I don't know if you want to bet on Deportes. We have the AL and NLCS going on. We got college football that is just coming down the home stretch. We have the NFL going into week six. Pretty good. You know, I mean, not a terrible Thursday night game. Uh, Denver at Cleveland. I mean, it's not great, but it's definitely not Jags-Houston. I, I, I'm into it. Uh, my take is, early take for lock of the week is, because I the NFL slate did not do much for me, and I didn't feel good about anything. There were some enormous lines. I think there's an 18-point line. There's a 15-point line. This is the time when some of the shittier teams starts playing some of the really good teams, and the the Bears are getting 15 points against Tampa, and the Texans, was it against the... Uh, how, the Cardinals are going to be 7-0, guy. MyBookie.ag, yeah. promo code HAM1. I like Oregon plus 2.5 at UCLA. Rose Bowl, I, I would imagine a large percentage of their roster are LA guys. I'm sure they have countless starters. I know Kayvon obviously is from Southern California. This is a big game for the Oregon program. They obviously recruit that area heavily. They always have, but now under Mario, who's getting some rumors, you know, LSU, you know, he's going to, they're going to come after him. Um, Yeah. I think it's plus two and a half. 
Oregon. Here's the other thing. Here's the, the other uh, carrot out there dangling for Oregon. That, you could convince me that's the lock of the week. I, it's not crazy. I do think the one thing you'd say about UCLA, they have a clear identity, which is they run the hell out of the ball. And uh, Oregon's got some issues on offense. Though they, they do run the ball. And I love their offensive coordinator, Joe Morad. I think he's fantastic. Is he back? He's back. He came back last week. Yeah. Um, but they play up. Like, this has been the deal with them. They play up to teams. They play down to teams. Here's the other carrot that's dangling. And I was texting with Jeff Schwartz. He reminded me of this. I'd forgotten that the winner of this game, how about this? The winner of the UCLA-Oregon game is going to – Fox has said the winner of this game, they're going to put on 1230 Pacific Fox kickoff the next week. (laughs) They've already said that. Whichever Whoever whoever wins this game, so it's either – not this Saturday, but the next Saturday, either going to be Oregon-Colorado – on FOX or uh, UCLA Utah, I believe is the game. Gotcha. Which is actually a better game. But the point but is, it, if you're a player, game, this is an ABC game, right? Yeah, I, it's a big game too. Know, this is college yeah. game day. College game day is at Oregon, Ohio State. So I didn't know that. That's yeah. Rose Bowl. Okay, I'm in Rose Bowl. So, so th- to me, this this is when I see some of the Mario to LSU. Like I think Mario is very similar to Ed. Now, I think maybe, I don't know, is Mario married? I, it feels like he's a little more buttoned uh, up. Yes, I, be, I believe so. Feels like he's a little more buttoned up. I would say uh, he's very buttoned up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the, the chasing women, you feel better about that. But just in terms of the eps and the flows and the recruiting and what is he really doing, he has an identity, he's a tough guy. I, I think he has too many parallels to Ed to, for LSU to go down that road. That's interesting. I think he's far more buttoned up, but I understand what you're saying. Like he's not an offensive play caller. He's not a defensive play caller. But but like you brought up the stat, we're all shitting on Ed. Ed went 13 and five against ranked teams. Like Ed was winning games. I mean, Mario lost to Stanford at Stanford. Now, obviously, Ed had some losses, but I love Oregon in this spot plus two and a half. I, I if you're in, I'm in for the lock of the week. Okay, uh, that that I I hadn't thought about the lock yet. If but. if Oregon hadn't lost that Stanford game, what's this line? Oregon by three. If they were undefeated in a top yeah. two, three team. Yeah, maybe more. Uh, NBA starts. We didn't mention that. The Warriors are three and a half point underdogs against the Lakers on opening night, by the way, John. Do you want to wait until you see how uh, Steve Kerr uses his bench before you bet on the Warriors? <laughs> uh, I think that's a Warriors Twitter. Uh, you know, are they running pick and roll this year, guy? Are they running pick and roll? I, right. I've watched enough NBA. You just fucking run and gun. You know, oh, just John, speaking, gun. Of the, speaking of the NBA, before we get to the... Uh, a few other things. It's not really NBA starts as we record this Tuesday. Two games, right? What's the other Warriors Lakers and what's the other game? Uh, Nets Bucks. They get their rings. Yeah. Okay. That's a good game. That is a good game. Um, and then so we've also got the biggest story of the day though has been Ben Simmons and uh, practicing with um, what was the tweet on this? Practicing with a phone in his pocket. Oh, here we go. Now- yeah, that was two days ago. He's practicing the phone in his pocket, and then today he refused to go into drills. The phone so in the he, pocket is pretty nuts. I just the 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 way I discovered the story was one of these uh, Josiah Johnson tweets. Ben Simmons when the phone rings at Sixers practice. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's so the question good. is like, what's a better story for an old guy to hate on? Just like get off my lawn, old guy. Sports talk take DK Metcalf not knowing maybe who Shannon Sharp is. Or Ben Simmons practicing with a cell phone in his pocket. This is a unique. These stories you would kill for these two stories in like June. This is this is good stuff. I, I think the old school guy because I know myself. I, the DK Shannon one. I was like, this feels very like twenty two year old. The Simmons feels like when we were kids. 
guys, you know, getting in fights with coaches, getting kicked out of practice. That feels very NBA, David Stern's NBA, back when the NBA was crushing and it felt like the NFL. Like that was guys getting in fights, guys getting kicked out of practice. Now, you didn't bring a phone in your pocket because the phone didn't exist. But it was those type moments like refusing to go in for drills, just an old school coach, star player, button heads, demanding trade. Like that's that's the NBA we grew up on. Yeah, hell yeah, that, it is. To, to me, DK, Shannon Sharp is classic old guy. Like you don't respect one of the greatest pass catching tight ends of all time. And that was my first take. I'm like, you know, you don't know. And then I realized I go to the Google and I go to the wiki page, Shannon Sharp retired in 2003 and then i'm like i wonder what year dk was born like my first thought is like 1990 just because that's just my brain thinks he's born in 1997 so when shannon retired he was six and we've talked about the study before you don't come into your own as a sports fan until you're eight so he wasn't even in that mind i was just around a six-year-old they're not even thinking like that i don't even blame dk is there a chance that dk if he had see shannon on tv with skip thought he was just like fox versions of stephen a smith Absolutely. Media guy. Absolutely. Like, I think this is now I I don't like to say if something happened before you were born or like fully conscious, it doesn't that's not necessarily an excuse to not know. He's 23, though, DK. Yeah. I mean, look, if you talk every day on a sports talk show, then people associate you with that. Like DK has seen 900 if he's on social nine, nine. Who knows how many tweets? about like clips of something that Shannon Sharp said and no Shannon Sharp highlights. Well, so if you and think who talk, he's arguing think who he's arguing with in those clips, right? Probably yes, the yes. most famous media troll of all time. So if you spend all day doing that, then you have to be aware that people might see you as that guy, not as football player Shannon Sharp, right? They'll perceive you as a hot taker. And it won't totally be their fault because all they see is takes, which is fine. I'm not saying it's a it's a it's a noble profession, John. But if that's what what I see of you every day, then that's what I associate you with. My DK take is pretty simple. Like, I don't have a problem with the criticism of DK one bit. The play at the end of that game, he fumbles trying to like score a touchdown with a guy in front of him. Yeah. As long as he can take that criticism from Pete Carroll and coin flipping Russell Wilson, then it's then it's fine. I don't blame any guy who plays a sport not taking Twitter criticism from Shannon Sharp as like, oh, thank you, dear veteran, for sharing your wisdom with me. So, uh, yeah, I DK probably should be like, yeah, I fucked up, but I get it. You get a little defensive. Who's this guy on Twitter? When I, I think there's, I think there's a Twitter manifesto that you follow as a shit talker my, my go-to was always buddy or champ that was the easiest oh, way to kind back. of yeah belittle a guy is drop a buddy or champ i do think when someone brings up something tangible especially like a, a resume a, you know you think about it like a piece of paper i do really appreciate dk dropping i will wipe my ass basically with your resume <laughs> like that is just you know he is not you don't you don't pivot when you're in just the uh, the firing line of a good Twitter argument, especially one of this magnitude, I don't blame DK. Now, it was not only a questionable play, DK's effort level, if it wasn't for, I think, Swain 
picks up the ball because Russell jumps on the field and Pete, they're screaming at him, get to the, you know, the middle of the field so we can spike the ball. Did you see DK like kind of like lollygag back? Like DK, there's 10 seconds left. What is going on? His his hair too. He's changing colors. I mean, I, I, I always give people the benefit of the doubt with the hair, but God, he's changing colors a lot. Somebody said he has a follow-up tweet that says, Shannon, you're right if you look at DK's profile. Uh, the Sim- Here's the other complicating factor on the Simmons thing. is like they've been trying to trade him. They're kind of talking shit about him. It's kind of crazy that he showed up, like that it even got to that point where he's still on the team because it's a pretty messed up situation in Philly. It's it's easy, though, to talk shit on Twitter. I mean, we've all done it. Every single human probably listening, if you're on Twitter, has done something that you're like, yeah, I'm pr-, you know, you think back a couple of days, like that wasn't necessary. I give Simmons, I will say this. Uh, yeah, you I don't agree with faced. it. And I would, the way I was raised, I would have been backhand. Like when I would have got home, even like if my parent, if I had been a pro athlete and done this, my parents would have sided with the coach. To do that in front of Doc Rivers, also his coach is not, it's one thing if it was, who was the dude from Israel that LeBron like got fired? David Blatt. Yeah, it's like, okay. But to do that in front of Doc Rivers, like I, I, I do give Simmons. Like he, he that that takes some sort of you know cojones. T- t- totally, totally. Especially what don't you think? Every the other guys are like, what the fuck's he doing? It's got a, it was probably a pretty wild moment. I know Doc. I, I saw he said like it wasn't that crazy. I just told him to leave and he left. It, it probably was a little crazier than that. Even if that's all it was, like the guy refused to go into a defensive drill. Yeah. Would you see the video with the? I just noticed it. The video with the phone. They're all wearing their Sixers, you know, practice jerseys. He's wearing an LSU pullover. You know what? I thought the same thing. Hold on. How do I go back to it? Oh, That's yeah, a classic. Like, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. look. They're, oh, no, they're no, 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 no. It doesn't. CCC. I thought the same thing. It actually oh, says 76ers. Oh, okay. It looks like Tigers. You're right. I thought the same thing. Okay. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It looks like Tigers, though. I would sport that. That's a pretty good looking, like just way around the house hoodie. Uh, This from Matt on the stream. Russell Wilson talked to his imaginary huddle and they thought DK should apologize. What was your take on that? It's weird. Now, again, I didn't like, I have a question. I need to, it's easy to have a take like, bro, what are you doing? Like, this is not the same as Drew Brees yelling out calls in an empty because you know, there's cameras on you. Like well, Drew Brees act- was Drew Brees was playing the next day. That was part. Reggie Bush was like, "This is the guy's routine." Now there is something to be said for just like you know you you practice like you play. Like you got to practice the play. You got to do the play call. All right, set hut. He got the wrong play call out in the uh, fail Mary. So he's been doing this ever since. I don't know. But when you know there's cameras there, it just feels so disingenuous. It's kind of he crazy. did now. What about what about his take when he was running from like the 15 yard line to the seven yard line? He's like on the ball, on the ball. That, that was my personal favorite. On the ball, on the ball. Has he commented on it? Has anyone asked him about it? No, he did. When you're injured, you you can avoid the media. So you can do uh, the coin toss, but you don't do the media. It's hard because I I do think my my take was when you're that good, like what if that is truly something that he does? I can't totally shit on him because no. it works. If that's been his whole thing for a long time behind closed doors, then I can't have a problem with it. It's a little, you know, I think Bryson's got some things that drive people nuts, but it's working. You know, it gets to the point where you just, I just, do you, do you vision Peyton Manning or Tom Brady doing that? I don't know. I got, I have zero issue with him doing it. If he does it all the time, if he only did it then, then I feel like it's for the cameras. That, that yeah. would be my take. But you just hurt getting a sweat, you know? The, the, the huddle. 
On the knee, too. On the knee. On the hut, guys. On the hut. You look around. So there's no one there. God, that had to be. There's a to lot get, going on in some of these locker rooms, John. Well, you, you and I have gone early to some of these NFL games. To get half the field to yourself pregame warmups, how early would he have been there? Probably four hours? Because I would say by about three hours, there are guys out on the field. He yeah, has a whole side for a road game. Did he come to the arena, the stadium separately? He might have. He, I mean, he wasn't doing that two hours before the game. There would have been people on the field, right? He yeah. was there. That was Ray Allen style. Like, he got there early to pull that shit off. He's like, Michelle, over here. Wink, wink. <laughs> right, what time are your camera guys back? Because the camera guys will take a lunch break like four hours before the game. So you got to make sure the camera guy is there pre or post lunch break to pull that off. I'll just take the weekend off. <laughs> He's just over it. I was like, is Tariko going? Where's Al? He's like, I don't really want to fly to Pittsburgh. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe Al had like a vacation plan from last year, COVID. They were like, you better use it by October 20th or you're going to lose yeah. your deposit on this Greek cruise. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. His wife's like, yeah, you got to go, Al. <laughs> he could have been, you we're know, going. The boat. he uses the boat after Magic is done with it. Yeah, it's like a timeshare. Exactly. Yeah, I could see that. The boat after Magic is done with it. It's got the weights already on it. You already paid for the weights. Uh, on on uh, the chat, he was literally looking right at the camera as he was driving down the field with his fake team for his fake touchdown. <laughs> so good. So good. So good. All right, John, Sunday night football is coming. The Niners and the Colts, an opportunity ahead. Uh, John Lynch asked by Matt Mayoko if there's a crisis, if the Niners are in crisis. He said, no, we are not in crisis. And um, I really do view this game this week. It looks like Jimmy will be back. We'll talk about that for Kyle Shanahan, because I think Kyle is John Lynch did the interview. We talk about Trey and Jimmy, but Kyle is at the center of every one of these diagrams. Uh, It's an opportunity for Kyle to kind of get to just to get it back, get the 500, do it on Sunday night football and, and feel like you can, if not, get your mojo back, at least just chill the crisis questions, which have now begun. Yeah, I mean, this guy went from, you know, the Jim Harbaugh experience was unlike anything I've quite experienced of a swag level from a coach. And it's not like, you know, it's not like he was Brian Dayball dialing up these sweet plays. I mean, he wasn't even the offensive coordinator. Jim was just there. Now, he called in the plays, but they were coming from someone else. Uh, But Jim just had this swag that he made everyone believe, like, Jim Harbaugh is our coach. We're going to kick the shit out of you. Kyle was different because it felt like Jim would legitimately fight you. You know, like Jim would like, okay, you want to get in an actual fight? Like Jim would have been down. Kyle doesn't feel like that, but he felt like the cool dude. He actually felt very Californian, right? Flat bill hats, the Milan, having cocktails, just doing sweet shit, and then dialing up sweet plays. And everywhere you went, people were like, Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. And it feels like everyone's kind of jumping off the bandwagon. And in fairness, it has been ugly. So are they in crisis? Anytime you have Super Bowl aspirations, hell, playoff aspirations, and you lose three straight games, this is not baseball. A three-game losing streak in college football, or even in the NFL, obviously college football, it's devastating. But in the NFL, it's a really big deal too. Historically, in a 16-game season, you can lose six games, right, and get in the playoffs. Yeah. So you would be, we would be in the middle of October and being like, well, they only have three more games left, and that's if you know, and who knows, people could win more games. You still are not guaranteed. But it feels like Kyle, 
had his worst three-game stretch of his 49er career. Because even last year with the injuries, it just felt like... Remember the game against the Eagles that Carson Wentz beat him? That game ended, and it was like, Kyle had these fucking incredible plays dialed up. They had this, like, leak out to use check. He was wide open, and he would have walked in the end zone from, like, their own 30. It would have gone 70 yards, and Nick Mullins overthrows him. Then there's the other play where he throws a pick that hits some random eagle who can't be any good because their team's terrible right in the numbers. And whenever they lost last year, it was like Mullins and CJ suck because they were guys wide open. We're watching these games this year, and it doesn't feel that often, guy, where you're just like, that guy's wide open, man. That guy's wide open. And when I say wide open, like, there was a play, I watched the Cowboy game a couple days ago, and the overtime final play was they ran this, like, deep breaking across the field route to C.D. Lamb. Basically, like, they knew that if Jalen Mills gets matched up on CeeDee Lamb, this thing is... I don't know if they knew he was going to score because it was like a 70-yard scoring play, but they knew it was going to be a huge play for the Cowboys. And it was just Kellen Moore, I'm sure Dallas Cowboy Radio and everyone in Dallas, like, that was a big-time play call. Where are those from Kyle? And that's always where, in the heat of the McVay debate, was like, I'm taking Kyle. You can't say that right now with a straight face because Sean's kicking ass and taking names. He does not have three-game losing streaks. And is there a crisis? To me, a crisis is like you're getting fired. To me, a crisis is the New York Giants. But you have a problem on your hands. Like you are losing games to teams that coming into the season you viewed as equals, and you've lost multiple home games, right, back-to-back to Green Bay. And now in a weird way, it feels like your season's on the line, again, at home. So... I would say if you lost this game in four straight games and three out of four at home, it would be a, a serious crisis. And it would it would reflect on Kyle. You know, I don't want to sound like a um, eighth grade speech. Usually it starts with something like a definition. You know, Webster's defines crisis as, I think probably everybody between the age of like nine and 17 wrote a paper that had some version of that in it. If you open up a student newspaper and the like student sports columnist is writing, there might be something like that. Crisis, crisis is defined by Webster's as, but I'll do it. A time of intense difficulty, trouble, or danger. Are they in crisis? That's not the way I think. I I would not have thought of that word, but I do think they're on the verge of, diff, of intense difficulty. Um, if they lose the game, they're two and four. And that makes it very hard to make the playoffs in a year where you absolutely had the goal of being a playoff team, if not a Super Bowl contender. This is not year two, right? And then you have to decide, are you going to play the quarterback, Trey Lance, that it doesn't seem like at this point you want to play if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy. So it it does not match in my head what I would think of as crisis, but I do think there's actually some – I don't think it's as – when I think of it in those terms – as crazy as I initially thought it's they're they're in danger here now in danger of what in danger of being fired tomorrow. No. What are the, are the Seahawks at two and four with Russell injured? Would you say that's a crisis in their building? I mean, yes, their, their season is absolutely an intense danger. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Especially yeah. when you also factor the elephant in the room, he had de- kind of demanded a trade, but not really said you could trade me listed the teams. Like they got some weird shit going on. There is a weird element here, I would say, the crisis, just because the Niners quarterback situation is 
a fluid moving target. You know, now they have, you know, he's got to prove he's the long term guy, but you know who's going to be the quarterback at minimum the next like three seasons, right? After this one, they're just going to trade like, Daniel Jones. Like the moment Daniel Jones was drafted, eventually once they get rid of Eli, you knew good or bad, Daniel Jones was going to get like three seasons. So that, to me, there's an answer. There's like a finality of like, you know who the quarterback's going to be. But you got to, you know, sometimes when you're weaving your way to that point, and I think Daniel Jones is a good example. Like, it's it was tough with the Eli situation. Eli was over the hill. Sometimes it can be difficult, you know, early on in that transitional period. Flacco and Lamar, remember, he started like half the season. Then Lamar came in, and it was, you know, kind of sparked him. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a weird time for a franchise when you have, and I'm not, you know, Jimmy, those guys have won, you know, Eli won two and Flacco won the one. But Jimmy was an established starting quarterback with the team. Kind of. I guess he was always injured. But it was a little different than those two individuals. But you get what I'm saying. Like I, I do think that creates just some weirdness, you know, off the bat. And then the moment you lose. Like, if you just lose, right, when you're... I'm trying to think of a team. Like, uh, like the Titans and the Bills watching that Monday Night Football game. Win or lose. Like, it just... Their players are established. Their starters are their starters. Like, it's just... Everything is well-defined. Right now, you might have an injury at a position here and there. You could say that you know the Titans, Farley, the guy they draft in the first round, coming off back surgery, tore his ACL. Like that's the building today. That's not an ideal situation, but it's not like you're worried like Tannehill or you know whoever his backup is. I think when the quarterback position is kind of this teeter totter, and you don't win, it, things get weird fast because coaches. I've, I've been saying this for a while. They just kind of live in that everyday mode as they have to. And then the front office, and if you're Jed, you're like, fuck, let's just see the kid, you know? All the fans are saying that. Like, what are we waiting for? And Kyle gets in this weird spot. I think it all I think it gets hard, John, when you're when your best players, when it changes week to week, what you're getting, right? Where IUK expected to be one. Now Debo has not changed week to week. Like there are some guys that don't, but Debo Bosa and Fred Warner. Debo Samuel. Yeah, I know. People have said Fred Warner's been pretty – he's still been one of the better Niners. Like, he's bringing an A game. Yeah, I, I just think that makes it – I think part of what we're talking about, it's not just wins and losses. Think about what would you say the most prevalent Niners conversations have been over the last, you know, five, six weeks. Quarterback, duh. Shanahan, yes. I'd say Ayuk, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't think Kittle has been a conversation in the sense that there's there's no controversy there. But you just, for whatever reason, maybe it's because he's got to block more. The injury, he's not been 100%. They're just not getting what they need out of him. And it's not his fault. I'm not saying that. But they're just, it, they're not. But for example, of like, you know, he's considered in this top three guys, right? Kelsey, Wall, or him. When you watch they are the getting Raiders, from what they need. Yeah, he's been awesome. When you watch the Raiders and when you watch the Chiefs, they depend on those guys, and they can't win typically. The Raiders, definitely, they need Waller to be awesome. And for the most part, so do the Chiefs need Kelsey. And I watched some of the Chiefs-Washington game. Like, he makes some big plays. Like, he's just – he's a big deal for them. You just remove George Kittle out. Like, I take away – like, last night, Julio hurt his hamstring again. It feels like the seventh straight year that happened. But they still had – A.J. Brown and the biggest human being we've ever seen playing running backs. So you could just depend on those two individuals, right? And sometimes it feels like the Niners get down to just one. It's like, oh, it's just hopefully Debo can pull some shit out of his ass here. And sometimes he does. And, like, make some crazy catch with, like, one hand pinned against his helmet, break off three tackles, and take a yak for 20. 
But that's not sustainable, right? You know, it's, it's almost, it's unfair. He does need a little help. And he's not getting it. It's the running game, too, is, is where we're minded on the stream. Lack you need, you, you need some balance in your offense. Like the Raiders, who we talked about on Monday coming off that game. Like when you have multiple players that are making big impacts, and that's what we thought coming in. They're like Ayuk and Debo with Kittle. Boom. And even if Mozart tears his knee, it's like, well, you got you drafted multiple guys. That's the way the league works, right? You just plug in some new running backs. That's not really the way it's gone. Well, and even you though said, Elijah Mitchell looks good. He does, but but he's not been healthy every game. And as you said from the beginning, Mostert is just a cut above, even in terms of interchangeable Kyle Shanahan running backs. Mostert has been a cut above of the rest of them in his 49ers career. And losing him is hurt. Now, you're playing a Colts team this week that they're, they're in a similar spot, right? Well, they lose at, at two and five in the AFC. They would be. It's yeah, just, how do you, they actually how do you have one more. Back? They haven't had their bye yet, so they're one game worse. They, though, have similarly played in some games that they probably think they should have won. They've Raven lost game. one score games to the Ravens and the Rams. Like, not all two win sub 500 teams are created equal. And they, I mean, two one loss games to two of the best teams in the league. I think we can agree the Rams and the Ravens are that. You calling them the best two and five team in the league? Who are my other options? <laughs> no, I don't, I'm, I'm sure they are. <laughs> At two, the best two and four team, I mean, are they the best game? Are they the best team that are, that's two games under 500 in the NFL right now? They might be. Let's see. Seattle is two and four. I, I mean, oh, they the, lost to I, Seattle, but it's that was a different I, Seattle. I'm, I'm saying they're two and four. They're two and four. They're what's their record? They're two and four. If they were to lose, they'd be two and five. Yeah, I got you. Got you. That's There's some good two and four teams in the NFL right now. Actually, Seattle, uh, uh, Philly, football team. And New England. Those are the two and four teams in the NFL right now. Actually, a pretty good list of two and four squads, huh? Has there ever been a better list of two and four teams in the NFL? I say no, John. My take coming up next. Probably not. Right? So it's just, but this is not going to be, I do think you get some credit for this one. To go back to your original point, though, it does feel like there's just been a general 40, if anybody that's on a Niner uh, social thread if you've got Niner fans in your text messages and you, as you and I both do have multiple threads going, people are, it, it's, it's focused on Shanahan. It's definitely focused on Shanahan. When there was a point in time where not really anybody said anything, if you said, yeah, this guy's one of the best coaches in the league, right? There was no reason really for resistance. If you said that, you know, even at the end of last year, after you saw him do things with Nick Mullins, you go, okay. Yeah. Like I, I felt that way for sure. I, I'll just tell you my take was... Well, did you... I, I know that... I see it's trending on Twitter. The video, and I watched it a little bit on YouTube, but the video that he did with Mayoko, the sit-down, that Matt does every week with Kyle, and he clearly did it in the bye week with John instead of Kyle. And it did feel like John, and in fairness, like this guy's been around the NFL. He's won at the highest level. He's also been on some shitty teams. Like, I, you know, he just looked like he was a little squirrely answering the question. Because I thought I, so. And in fairness, like the expectations were sky high. Anytime you have sky high expectations in pro sports, and it's one thing if you don't live up to them at the end of the season, right? If you think you're a Super Bowl team and like you have a devastating loss in the second round of the playoffs, like that's it's just devastating for everyone. But it ultimately wasn't a disaster, right? You you went twelve and four, maybe you won the division, or maybe you got a wild card and won the first game, but you thought you were going to win the Super Bowl. Like, if, let's say that happened to Kansas City this year. That would suck, but it's like, if that's your low moment, okay. 
it's another thing. Like, we got a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And then all of a sudden you look up, you're like, lost three straight games. You go, holy shit, are we even going to sniff the playoffs? <laughs> and then uh, you have a bunch of injuries. I, I, I did feel for a guy that is always just calm, cool, and collected, it's the nature of the NFL. And I, I, I think college football, too. There is nothing like in football, in the Power 5 level, or in the NFL, when people think you're going to lo- be good and you just lose a couple games. There's nothing like it in baseball. Not even close, because in baseball, it does not matter. And even in basketball, the regular Mike, season. The- Mike, 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 Mike! It's just, it's a, it's a big deal, guy. I mean, yeah, in, that, in the Lynch, building. Is John Lynch happy, right? He's doing the interview with Mayoko. Is he happy? If, John, if Matt said to him, John, are you happy? In an honest moment, he'd be like, oh, fuck. I would imagine when they sat down, like, John, how you doing? Uh, you know, could be better, Matt. Good to see you, though. Right? Losing like, socks. Losing yeah. socks. And so, of course, now crisis is kind of a – it feels like maybe it's a, it's, a, it's a word you don't want to agree to, right? Like, yeah, yeah, we are pissed right now. Crisis makes it feel like you have lost control of a situation. Yeah. Right. But there's no question that they're not. Every time they show John Lynch on TV, it's clear he's like, just take me off TV. But but isn't the NFL a good example? I don't blame him. And, and again, I I put college football in this too. It's one thing if you're like, Dan Campbell, we send Matt Stafford, complete reset, six-year contracts, big picture. By mid-October, it's like, he's cried, he's called out his quarterback, losing just, it wipes you out. It'd be easier if they'd lost every game by 14 points, the Lions. But once you're, you, when you feel like you're close, and they, the Niners have felt like they're close big picture, the Lions have felt like they're close in specific games, it makes losing. And they were. It took a 66-yard field goal to beat them. <laughs> and they had a lead with 37 seconds to go. Yeah, in 66 game. and like a 58. Like they've lost 58. twice on extremely long field goals. I don't know. Was it 58? Whatever the other what, one was. What, what would you say the worst loss is? 66 to Tucker. Might go down as the greatest kicker of all time, most talented kicker of all time. Be hard for him Maybe, to win might as be much the greatest as. Kicker of all time. It just, but vinatieri has got like the seven rings or whatever oh, okay. he's got, yep, yep. you know, and the and the walk off field sure, goals. Sure. Even though in Tucker the snow, better. Yeah, the one in the snow, or taking the lead, taking the lead. Uh, I don't remember. Broncos, AFC West team, right? Let me text uh, Derek Papa. That. Uh, Beating Kirk Cousins with 37 seconds and having him drive the field to get in field goal range. I, I think I could live with the Tucker. It's a historic moment. That sucks. But the Vikings, when it when it just happened to you, I think you might snap. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you would too. I don't bl- I don't blame them. But again, your point is right. Like big picture, the Lions are, should not be close. And yet here they well, are. That's a good that's a good uh question or comment there. Read it. The Niners have lost nine point uh, com- by a combined nine points to two teams that are eleven and one. They should be mad. They need to close games. I think that's the issue. Is coming into the season, we go, oh, they got to start two and zero oh because they're superior, and they did, and they took care of business in both games, even though both got a little weird. Then the next three games, you go, we're equals. Like we beat the Packers a couple years ago when we were good and they were good. So you know, and that was a tight game. And then the next week, you're like, okay, coming off a loss, you're playing your divisional rival. And, like, the game was not as close as the final score indicated. I think the final score was 28-21. to 21. Like, that was, in the second half, a beatdown. And, you know, and a beatdown that was self-inflicted wounds of cannon, fumbling and muffing balls in the same play. It was a disaster. 
and then when your season's on the line, and Grant, not season on the line, but like kind of your pride, you no know team that was good wants to lose three straight games, but you're in this weird spot where you're starting a rookie quarterback and it turns out you're playing uh, the 27 Yankees of football. I mean, they, they, the Cardinals are playing the Texans. You're 7-0. and The Cardinals are a absolute lock to make the playoffs because you're 7-0. and There are 10 more games. If they just went five and five in those ten games, they would be twelve and five, right? And that's a minimum a wild card, potentially win the division, right? If they win this weekend against the Texans, which they are a twenty-seven point favorite, basically eighteen. Do you agree? Like they're just they're a playoff team. You can just put a Z next to their name in the standings because how do they? Yeah, oh, they I could mean, go. They could go four and six obviously. down the line. They'd go eleven and eleven and six. Yeah, because I think the top of the NFC is really good. The middle of the NFC, which is the NFC competing for those last few playoff spots, is not great. Like there's five teams right now that are that are separate that have that have separated in the NFC and they all have five wins. The Cardinals, the Bucks, the Cowboys, the Packers, and the Rams. Those are your five win teams. Nobody else in the NFC has four. So those are five spots. There's two spots left. And I'd have a hard time seeing in your in your scenario an eleven win team at this point not making the play. I think an eleven win team. Makes you know the Ni- the Niners play multiple of those teams. They play the Vikings who are three and three. They play the Bears that are three and three. That game that I think we all chalked up to be a pretty easy game against the Bengals. The Bengals are sneaky four and two. That game's going to be a little harder. And then obviously they got to play uh, Tennessee. They haven't played the they haven't played the Rams yet, and they got to play Seattle again with you know Russell probably be back by early December. You know, it's, it's not easy in Tennessee. At Tennessee. I mean, the they got to play the uh, defending seen. national champions, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> That's true. Don't sleep on Urban. He's getting Urban his mojo. said that wins bigger than, than anything he did in college football. Did cut their kicker today. So, we've seen them lose to Atlanta when Atlanta was bad before. It's I don't weird, think that's an team. issue. But whatever. I mean, that now we're getting... I view that the same way I view the game this week as an opportunity. Get some of it back. Get some of it back. Now you don't have to win twenty-eight to twelve, but God, if you did, that would. Ayuk uh, eight catches, something like that. What? It's a pretty good comment. Tua seems like a bulky pick. That's that pretty a good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that thing is not going well, guy. They went from like stacked system in terms of picks. Coach clearly headed the right direction. Compete in the division. Every year, people take a step back, and I said before this year they might be the team to take a step back. And to me, sure. having a having a rough season, and then there's being one in five after a ten win season, like that's pretty rattling. Walking in the building every day at one in five, do you know how far you have to dig yourself out of a hole just to sniff five hundred? You have to go on a three game winning streak, and you're still under five hundred. Like that's just they're in trouble. And they don't have their first-round pick. They have the Niners, but they gave their first-round pick to the Eagles. The Eagles got to be, you know, like, we suck and the Miami sucks. We're in pretty good shape. Yep. What's the state of their uh, Wentz pick? Wentz is back, so Wentz might play as percentage of snaps. Yeah, I don't think Wentz is going anywhere. Do you? Like in terms of leaving? Like, no, I'm just saying, like, even if the Colts are out of it, he's playing well enough. Oh, you yeah. Build yeah. for the big picture. Yeah, you just got to keep him playing. Oh, by the way, did you see what they did today? The Eagles? No, no, the Colts. No. They waived Jacob Eason. So who's their backup quarterback? 
Ellinger. That was a weird pick at the time. I, I you think know. Ellinger, or is there? Do they have another person? No, no, Sam. I think I thought Sam got hurt though. But Eason, yeah. when they took him in the fourth round, I, I always think this as a general manager, like you know, when you're a GM, for, let's say of the obviously Chris Ballard of the Colts, half your Saturdays during the season, you're in a plane, you're going places, right, with the team because you go to every game. And then the other half of the Saturdays, when you have a home game, you know, especially, and he has a big family of kids that I think like 10 and under, you can't really just be like, hey guys, I'm just going to hang out in the family room. I'm going to watch like seven hours of college football. I know you haven't really seen me all week. Like that's not, you don't really intake the ebb and flow of the college football season. That's why you're very dedicated to your scouting staff. And for us out here on the West Coast, like Eason was so hyped and he was coming from Georgia and then you watch him, you're like, ugh. Something's missing. But I, I can imagine uh, Ballard, you just see the size, you see some of the highlights, and you can justify fourth round the value. To me, he was, if you truly watched him, and most GMs are just not going to truly watch the season, especially if you don't live on the West Coast, You could, I, I would not have had him at a draftable player. I would not have taken him. I said it at the time. He did have a very good preseason, but I thought it was a mistake when they did it. Again, the guy that Washington chose over Jake Hayner. Yeah, not to make it about Jake Hanner, but everything becomes about Jake Hanner. Yeah, just got a nice win against Wyoming. Yep, bounced back after that uh, midnight loss to Hawaii. <laughs> Luckily, no one saw. That's right. Uh, John, let's tell the people about Puesto. Woo! Now, you want food. You want delicious margaritas and handmade tortillas turned into tacos of art. Then you want Puesto. Love that little knife twirl right there. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you listening to the podcast, we have a video that accompanies this on YouTube. Yeah, Puesto, uh, if you're going to the game this weekend, they sell tacos in section 110 and section 129. And if you go there and you get a taco, just tell them Ham sent you. Even though the guy giving you the taco probably won't know what you're talking about, just give him a wink. Uh, but they also have uh, restaurants if you live in the Bay Area or just Northern California and just you know around for business in the East Bay Concord, about 10 minutes from where I'm sitting. Also in Santa Clara, right by uh, this little thing I think goes by Great America and by Levi's. So if you're in that area, you know, a little Silicon Valley, maybe doing some deals with YouTube or Dell or whatever, you're down there working during the week, check out Puesto. Uh, if you live in Southern California, it's where they originated from, La Jolla. Um, La Jolla. I Pretty think cool when place. you go up to the Puesto counter, you should ask for one of the Adler brothers, Eric or Alex. Yeah. Uh, they founded the thing in 12 in La Jolla, like John said. But I would just be like, are the Adler brothers here? Eric or Alex back there? Just make just in case maybe someone wants to throw you a free guacamole just because they think you might be, uh, oh, is this an investor? Who is this person? Is Alex back there? Eric? Just tell him, Eric here? Adler's here? Oh, just, oh, that's fine. Just tell him I said, just tell him Gary said what's up. You never know. Maybe one of them never. pops out and like, yeah, they're here. Know. You want to talk to them? And then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, let me you talk to one know. of them. And then say yes. We know they want the, the 49ers to win this week. The yeah, big 49er fans. So. Uh, I personal favorite the quesabiria taco, which is the crispy melted cheese braised short rib. I love it, but you can't go wrong. The shrimp, the asada, the Baja fish. Guy, they have a filet mignon taco. That, we I, had that one. How do you beat that? Filet the mignon. Bang Bang taco. Margarita. No. Um, it's all good. Well, they, Huge taco yeah. sack selection. Oh, I don't think I don't think they have this in the stadium. What did we get? We got the uh, taquitos. Oh, the taquitos were elite. Oh. They're like a meal of themselves. They were massive. 
they were massive. They they look like a, they look like an enchilada, like that length and that size. You know, uh, they, they were really good. The, the guacamole with the uh, parmesan little squares, parmesan reggiano, no big deal, pretty good. One of my favorite words to say. So they got all the ton of tequila, five hundred tequilas and spirits, and they got tinos. Uh, so all the margaritas, they're they're um they're brewing their own Mexican lagers. And you can get their their beers at all their uh, locations. So uh, actually, just they have a beer, their Negra Dark Lager, just won an award at the Great American Beer Festival. So silver that medal fantastic. in the international dark international. Maybe it was international. Inter, inter, anyway, I feel like your wife, who's very good in the kitchen, would really appreciate their creativity with food. It's it's just like I said, it's it's hard to be creative and still be really good. And good these point. guys pulled it off. We should go. Again, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go back. Uh, yeah, by the I way, speaking to. of back, Middlecoff is back from the weekend. Thanks to our friends at Liquid IV, liquidiv.com. Code Ham gets you twenty five percent off. Get your hydration on, John. Do you know what uh, what I had to use the other day, and I, I didn't know about it till we did the read, and then I started powering them down. Are the uh, the extra hydrations? <laughs> They're just like uh, the, the blue the blue one right there. It contains five essential vitamins, vitamin C. You just oh, pour that bad boy in there. Hydration it's, multiplier. The hydration multiplier. So it's like you're super dehydrated. You pour one of those into a water. It's like tripling down. Mm-hmm. I've, I've taken a couple of those the last couple of days. I feel so much more hydrated. It's It really works, and it tastes pretty good. Like that, That's what was impressive. Sometimes when you pour those in, they taste funny. That is not the case. Uh, you know, it has sometimes with the sugary sports drinks, no one wants, you know, 180 calories from a small Gatorade, yeah. right? So, you know, Liquid IV, go to liquidiv.com, promo code HAM at checkout, 25% off anything you order, get the high, get better hydration today. Obviously, the better hydrated you are. I, I actually think when I'm better, uh, like when I'm fully hydrated, my, my, my brain operates a little faster. I Absolutely. actually believe that. Absolutely. And, and there's nothing like a good, strong stream, too, to make you feel good about yourself. Oh, you know, a good 45-second yeah. pee. Uh, I know as the weather gets cooler, I've found this. I travel. We all do. And it's easy to get dehydrated when you do that. I am a aisle seat person on a plane specifically for that reason, because if I sit window, I'm not going to want to get up. And so I'm not going to drink because I don't want to pee. But that's not a good way to operate. So just because you're not no. sweating doesn't mean you're hydrated. Um, uh, uh, liquid IV. Contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, as much potassium as a banana. The sports drink, way less sugary than that. No artificial flavors or preservatives, less sugar than an apple. And uh, you've got all kinds of options. You've got the hydration multiplier. You've got the hydration multiplier plus immune support. You've got the energy multiplier. Um, A lot of options. Go check it out. I, for one, thing that I've been uh, making an effort is hydration before coffee, first cup. Heard you say that this morning. morning. I, huh? You tried it? I Oh, I heard you say that, so I did it this morning yeah. with a liquid IV. Exactly. And I, I felt fantastic all day. I love coffee first thing, but if I hydrate first, it's just my body feels better. The coffee sets me up for a day of – coffee does dehydrate you. It doesn't hydrate you anyway, yeah. but it's delicious. Grab your favorite liquid IV flavors nationwide at Walmart, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code HAM at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order. When you get better hydration today using code HAM at liquidiv.com. Code HAM, liquidiv.com. 
Uh, quick sidebar, G on the stream says, did you guys see Chris Broussard say the Bills lost because they lost their left tackle, Taylor Luan? Yes. I, 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 I did. In fairness, I mean, I think sometimes in the heat of the moment, he's doing an early show, you just say something that you were wrong. We've all made mistakes. I've done it, but there's nothing quite like the way the internet in specifically likes a non, you know, it goes back to the uh, the Hunter Henry was that Stephen A? Was that what was it? Stephen yeah, A? Something about Hunter Henry. Uh, yeah, it was Stephen A. Yeah. Like, like he's got he's got this guy and this guy and Hunter Henry. People are like Hunter Henry's been out since like week two. It's week nine. So it's always yeah, a, Stephen Stephen A. Got roasted, and then it was like Stephen A. Is spread out too thin. He's doing MMA. He's doing NBA. They want him to know everything about the NFL. This right. is unfair. It's like guys, he's fucking just talking nothing on TV. No, who cares for thirteen you know, million dollars. Yeah, this is just sports, guys. I, and, and then the media gets so jealous. Like, it's just, I don't even care. Well, I, you know, I don't care either. There's something to be said for when you speak with authority, you should know what you're talking about. But yeah, but yeah, it's I, not. I say this all the time about the NFL, and I'll never forget being in it thinking, like, and, and it's all I did. It can be overwhelming, like, to really be good at it. You can't just be like, I talk some NFL, baseball, like, to, to really know your shit about all these teams. There are so many players on every team. It's constantly changing. Guys are getting hurt. So you could be like, you could just drop a name. The guy could have been on IR for four weeks. You don't even know. So you got to be careful. Some intern might have given Broussard that take, you know? It's a hard league to follow, truly, like the nitty gritty of like the the linemen and the D linemen. Sure. It's it's no one's gonna be like you know Patrick Mahomes on IR and you not know right, but it can it can happen pretty quickly with like running. You could be like, watch out for Nick Chubb this Thursday night, and people be like, you know, he's missed the last couple of nights, right? That Absolutely. that could happen. That could happen pretty easily. Yep. All right, uh, Trey Lance, John, not not practicing as of Monday. We'll see how things play out when he got injured. Uh, sprained knee after his first start against uh, the Cardinals a couple weeks ago. The immediate story was probably won't be back for the Colts game. Well, he wasn't back for Monday's practice. And I think one thing we know the week prior when Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't back for Monday and then wasn't back for Wednesday and then wasn't back for Thursday and maybe he could go Friday and then guess what? He didn't play and wasn't available and wasn't wearing pads. So as two people thought we would see Trey Lance this week, that's how it looks. It's trending at this point. Listen, I, I don't want to be like Steve. I have this thought, and I've told you this last week when he was at the Giants game. I'm like, you know, he's going to be fine. They would not send him to the Giants game with a sprained knee. Because when you have a sprained knee, right, or any lower body injury, you know, typically you want to stay off of it. So I was like, he's good. Like, he's it probably what, and I didn't think it was that big of a deal anyway because we didn't really see it. And anytime you don't truly see an injury, like when you see Nick Chubb, or not Nick Chubb, but see, it's easy Kareem to mess Hunt. up your names. Kareem Hunt, where it looks like he tears his Achilles. And then as he's like going down, reach for the back of his leg. You're like, oh my God. And, but then it turns out his calf, but it still makes sense. You know, he's reaching for the back and you're like best case scenario, it's like actually good. He avoided disaster. But with Trey, we didn't see anything. And then he goes to the game like, they wouldn't let him go to the game on a sprained knee. And then he's missing practice. And I go, what is going on here? Now, I'm no medical professional. So I, I, I texted a head trainer in the NFL and I gave him the same scenario, but with his city, his quarterback, his baseball team. And I said, if they were having a playoff baseball team, would you allow him to go? Kind of tongue in cheek, but being kind of serious. Like, I, I know I might sound a little crazy. I said, what would you do? He said, would you let Tua not... go to a Marlins game? Yes. He said, I would not advise that. No. Now it is, this is pro sports. These guys, even though Trey's 21, 
This is not college. Like if Nick Saban didn't want Bryce Young or Love? Young. Bryce Young. Bryce Young to go to an Alabama basketball game because he had a tweaked ankle, he would not go to the basketball game. It'd be very black and white, right? Same at well, Ohio State. You see the, the linebacker thing it happened like a couple weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, like the week after Oregon. He like a, he left the game. They started tweeting at halftime. They kicked him off the next day. It's just very – it's closer to high school than it is the pros, even with the NIL. But in pros, like if you want to do something as a pro athlete, even if the head coach tells you no, like you have a lot of juice too. So listen, I did think it was a little weird. And then the moment he's not practicing, like I, I just start questioning like, what operation we running? You know, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, I, it's I. If you have a sprained knee guy, you're not walking question. around I on think, it. Yeah, I mean, there are degrees to sprained knees. I'm with you. Which Once it's I clearly saw not good enough to practice. Right. Which part of me, you go back to what they said at the beginning of the week or at the end of last week, the after the Colt Cardinal game, which is he's probably not coming back for the Colts game. So maybe it was there was no maybe there's been not even really much question as to whether or not he'd be able to play for a week. Plus, but right? it, but it's also why I texted the trainer because I don't want to say this and just act like an idiot because I don't I've never sprained a knee. But his answer was pretty just black and white. I would advise against it. NFL trainer who's been had a lot. Yeah, listen to the science, John. You got to listen to the doctors. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's fair. I mean, but here's the thing: it doesn't look like he's playing this week. That's what matters. And so now the question is like, is he going to be available for them the following week? Well, if he's and not if practicing, he is, if he's not practicing on Wednesday, like he's out, right? Yeah, I, I don't know remember, out for the game. Like he might dress or whatever, but he won't be starting if he's not practicing on Wednesday. But he might not be starting even if he hadn't been hurt. If Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, no, I agree. But I'm just saying, right. like it'll be a pretty, it'll be set in stone, basically. Like Trace not starting this week if he yeah. misses multiple days of practice. Yeah, I don't think he gets the same. Let's see how he looks Friday that Jimmy no. gets. At least with that, I, even though we And I don't play, even know if Jimmy was truly getting that, right? That No, week. he might not have. But, I, but the point is, like, is he healthy enough the next week? And if he is, then what do you do? Well, if the Niners beat the Colts this week, I, I'd be shocked then if Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the starting quarterback again for the 49ers. Maybe it never really changed in Kyle's mind. It changed in ours. Um, but that's the position that Trey's in right now. And, look, if the offshoot is they win a bunch of games and go to the playoffs, fine. But as we've watched these other rookies, we talked about it. Like you play a game, it's hard as a rookie. There's a lot going on. You just can't wait to get back on the field again. And we don't know right now when he'll be back on the field again. Well, I think the one concerning thing is, and it's just going to be the nature of the way he plays, right? Because he is a, uh, he's such a big physical athlete. And Kyle's going to use him to run the ball. Now, will it always, as he begins become the full-time starter, the offense could morph, right? It won't just truly look like Cam Newton. But that's going to be an element of his play. I don't think that's really debatable, right? Is that Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson have started every game. And, that you know, I don't think they're playing with uh, the 92 Cowboys offensive line in front of them. And they're not – now, they're not running like he is, but they, they're they lasting. Mac Jones also started every game. Keeps on playing. Field, since he's come in, uh, I guess he tweaked his knee, I think, in one game. Andy Dalton came in for a play, but then he came right back in, and he hasn't missed any time since. I'm not overreacting to an injury in the sense of like making some statement that this guy's injury prone or anything, but it is just when I worked in the NFL, my first year, I was in charge of inputting injuries. And like when a guy like, uh, you know, a veteran player 
gets injured, they might have a list of like, if the guy at the time, like 2010 or 11, he had been in the league since 99, he has a long list, right? Broken arm, uh, torn labrum, just a concussion, right? Uh, got sick, you know, but you just have this long list. It does start like this. If you just have like his player profile, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, sprain knee. It's just is something to like, is he, you know, the Niners did just go through a situation with Jimmy Garoppolo, which clearly is flawed. He never improved, whatever, but he was functional enough to keep them just in the mix. If he had just never missed a game this entire time, right? If he had never missed a game this entire time, they still might've ended up somehow with a different quarterback this year, but I don't think Trey Lance is probably on the team. So just because it, they would have won more games, it would have been harder to get up that high. They were kind of unique because Jimmy missed so many games last year that they were high enough that they could even make the trade from 12 to three. It was like a big issue with like the football team. It's like, we don't have enough ammo to get from 20 to five. That's a long way to go. And I, you just, it's just something to keep an eye on. Like he's uh, one game, one game and a half in and he's injured. Like that's not disputable. And, and what appears to be a multi-week injury, right? Like Yeah, and it's, it's, and it's an injury no, for an athletic guy, knee. It's just something, you know, it's just like, God, not ideal. Well, there's there's no one's 100%, right? Like the point. Baker injury, right? The labrum, isn't that a little freaky? Like he gets slammed, he keeps falling on it. Like it's, it's kind of unavoidable at this point now. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I wanted to take the side of that could mean something, I go. I don't know. Quarterbacks that size, they get thrown to the ground. Yeah, that's what. But, I'm, yeah, it's not a. It's not. A, it's not a good thing. The reality is, time. We just have to wait and see. Jimmy Garoppolo now. We have multiple years where he's been injured. Hopefully, it's a one-off with Trey Lance. But I, you know, we go back to the the way he plays. It might have happened in the pocket, for all we know. One thing I loved about him in college was he clearly tries to throw before he runs. And I think I saw that with him in the NFL. Like, he's looking to throw. I didn't ever feel like he left the pocket before he should have, right? You see that sometimes with quarterbacks where they get out of the mm -hmm. pocket and you're like, where are you going? Like, no, there's nobody there. I didn't think Trey Lance ever vacated the pocket just because, because there was a clock in his head going off. He left the pocket when he had to go. So I do think he has a pretty good feel for what's happening around him in that sense. Would you agree with that before I make yeah. the second half of this yeah. point? Yeah. So, when I, when I look at his runs, like they were A, designed, or B, him running for his life. I, ideally, you don't design however many were designed and then have to run another eight or nine times. Trey Lance has more rushing attempts than Justin Fields at this point. Watching and Fields against the Packers, he actually doesn't run that much. Now, the game that he ran the most in was his first start. He had 10 rushing attempts in that game, the Cincinnati well, game. Well, who? Fields. Oh, his first. Oh, I got you. His first because he came in right against the Rams, but then didn't he start the Bengal game? I thought he started against the Browns. Was his first NFL start. Uh, oh, maybe maybe the Bengal the Bengal game was the game that Dalton got hurt in, and he had played a couple of snaps in the previous game. Yeah, you're right. So his first extended action where he played, he threw the ball more than Andy did in that game. He that's where he had the most rushing attempts. Was his first extended action. He had ten attempts. And that's the most he's had this year. That's not been a part of their, not been really a big part of his game. But we don't know yet. You know, we got to see, that's part of the point here is we have to see Trey Lance play more because part of this is Trey Lance learning. Part of it is the offensive line learning to block for him. Part of it is the receivers learning where he is. And part of it is Kyle learning how to coach this guy. He has never coached a player like this. Yes, he coached RG3. 
RG3 was different, right? Jimmy was different. Kirk is different. Mullins is different. But he, Kyle has never had a franchise quarterback like this that he's trying to build a franchise around. Never. Matt Ryan was different. Matt Schaub was different. I, I had a, I had someone on Twitter, clearly a big Niner fan, just tweet at me, and not in an aggressive way, but just like, hey, I'm watching the Monday night game, and it looks like Josh Allen has a pretty loopy release like uh, Trey Lance. Do you see Do you see that? Like, just asking a real question. It's a normal yeah. interaction on the Twitter.com. And he does. He has a loopy release like Trey. And I, I really kind of honed in for like a couple series. And I'd known that I, the a major difference, and this is a positive. Like you can keep a loopier release. Josh just gets rid of it really fast. It's not a hindrance. It's not. A, it doesn't take a long time to get out of his hand. So when he decides to throw it, it just goes fast. It's it's just like a quick cock and it's gone. Now, but it's the same rotation where Trey's. In your point, you know, a couple weeks ago was like maybe the more comfortable he gets, the faster it gets, and that's the hope. Uh, but that his brain gets on, faster, and so he gets rid of the ball quicker. Keep an eye on Josh Allen's release. It is longer in terms of like the length of it, but in terms of the time, once he sees the guy where he wants to throw, it's out of his hand fast. Yeah. So, you know, because I, I, I do think Josh Allen is going to be a guy that they keep kind of people going to want him to be like. Right. I watched Josh Allen last night, and I said the other day that I thought Herbert's arm was a little stronger than Josh Allen's. I was watching the game last night going, ah, that was probably incorrect. Pro- I, I mean, I'm sure we could get them to do a throwing contest, but Josh is, is every well, bit he, of Herbert. Well, I thought the throw that he made, a touchdown to Beasley, and it it looked easy, right? Beasley's wide open in the back of the end zone. He throws it. Was that when, when he was rolling to, right and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting? Then Yeah, then, the they go to the, then they go to the replay. He's at the 40. He's rolling right at the 40-yard line. And Beasley catches the ball five yards into the end zone. So that means it's 45-yard throw. And the ball was on a rope. And I started thinking, like, Dak Prescott and Cousins right now are guys that would be are having top 12 seasons right now as quarterbacks. I don't think either one of them could do that. Now, they could make that throw, but I think they would have to stop, gather, and let it rip. Like, yeah. Mahomes, Herbert, it's like even Lamar would probably have to set his feet to not even – Guys do that 20-yard throws, and that's just our bright side of Trey Lance, like having the arm power, like that will be something explosive plays when they pull the trigger to draft him. I think they're thinking, you know, big plays, right? Yeah. They're thinking Josh five quarterback. What separated Josh is the layup stuff now he does with his eyes closed, right? Just the basic throws. He's hitting guys in strike. Like the easy stuff, he's, he's like an A-plus at now. Maybe not an A-plus, but he's in the A range. Also does some crazy things with his body that he just pops up from. He's big. He's bigger, I think, than Trey. I mean, he's huge. He just throws his uh, body around in a wild way. I I talked to one of our mutual friends last night. You know, he's been pretty adamant that he claimed that he was at multiple stops, you know, colleges, and he begged an offensive coordinator and head coaches to sign him. They wouldn't. He said an underrated part about Josh coming out of high school that people don't talk about enough is that he wasn't this tall. And he forwarded me the picture of, you know, that famous picture of the fireball. They were at the camp and, and Derek and was Derek. still, and Derek had him by about two inches. He's like, he was like a little, like a little under six one, his senior year in high school. When he went to junior college, and it's gotta be a great feeling as a human being to be like, oh yeah, I just grew at 19 years old about four inches. Like that's gotta be pretty cool. It did not happen to me and you. Yeah. And so I think he grew that year at junior college, like three or four inches. But he also showed me the uh, his statistics at 
he go to JC Ball at, in Bakersfield, I think, right? He went he to was, Ridley Junior College. He was forty seven percent as a passer that year at JC Ball. So it was like you know he got and bigger. That's not that's not good. Well, he just wasn't he wasn't very accurate. So it was just it's it's easy to say now. I, I do think it was probably at the time a lot more pull, like people pounded the table for him were fewer and far between than like. Josh Allen, right? It's, it, we kind of do the same with Trey Lance. Like, who the hell wasn't offering him? I bet if we really watched his high school film, probably didn't look like Trevor Lawrence, you know? Yeah, there's a clear profile of who gets offered. Like, everybody offers, right? When you're like, oh, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, LSU, Clemson offer this guy. You could pretty much guess what he's going to look like and what his stats are going to be. Well, I'll never forget the... Big I think and it was, fast, and the stats will be good. Well, last year, the Cardinals were on a Monday Night Football game. And he's a he's an outlier body type, right? Who was getting recruited by the SEC, A and M, who I guess was in the SEC at the time, or maybe they were still in the Big Twelve at the time. Uh, I think they were because Kevin Sumlin. What do you think, SEC, when they offered Kyler Murray coming out of high school or Big Twelve? Probably been right at the right at that time. Like I mean, they've been in the SEC now for like eight years, right? Yeah, so you're probably right. they probably were in the SEC. And it came up whatever high school he went to, which was like the Alabama of high school football in Texas. He didn't lose a game. Sophomore, junior, senior year, and he was a starting quarterback. You're like, well, <laughs> you know, it's like Bryce Young's a little smaller, and I watch him. I go, yeah, he's pretty sweet. I was at the gym this morning, and they, for whatever reason, always have like SEC Network on on one of the televisions. I just look up. They have like the highlights of uh, the game Alabama-Mississippi State, which was clearly Alabama got coached hard after that uh, L they took two weeks ago. They beat the shit out of him. And Bryce, you know, he is not – I would imagine shoes off Bryce Young, 6'1". Like, he does not look very Maybe. big. Yeah. But Kyler's uh, so, way... I mean, he's got Kyler by three inches. Yeah, Kyler was committed in 2014. They actually went in 2012. So this is like year 10 for uh, A&M in the SEC. So they were an SEC so, team. Yeah. So he, he was, was that good. 14. Yeah, he was that good. Uh, all right, what about Garoppolo, John? I mean, he's back. That's that's the way it looks. As we record this on a Tuesday, he practiced Monday. Uh, we all saw the video. I think the initial video I saw, I think, was Cam Inman posted a video of um, Jimmy running around. And I do wonder, kind of in the conversation with Trey, even if Trey Lance were healthy and Jimmy looked like that, would he be the starting quarterback this week? But there doesn't, you know, we're at, we're at this place where there doesn't seem like there's much debate about it. And I, you know, one thing I did think watching it was maybe he can just force the ball to Brandon Ayuk this week. Maybe maybe that's one thing that can come of this. I, you know, this is just go back to what we talked about a little while ago. And this is, I, I don't know, a little forced on him because of the injuries, but this is not an ideal situation to be in going back and forth with quarterbacks. You know, it, it's got a little, you know, even the Chicago Bears, once Andy got, they just kind of went with Justin. And even, and he remember Nagy was like, Dalton, it was after he had made multiple starts, like, Dalton's still our guy. And then, like, by the next Monday, like, oh, we're just sticking with Fields. In this situation, again, sprained knee, can't practice, he can't play. I get it. But this is not what good teams do. This is not a situation they envision themselves being in. Jimmy was going to start. Like, it was just going to be a like a, uh, a black and white break, right? In sense of Jimmy started till X games, and then Trey came in and finished, right? Whether that was 17 and he just sat the whole time, whether that was the nine game stretch because they were four and five and they needed a spark. I, there wasn't a plan to like, well, Jimmy comes out and then Trey comes in and then Trey plays a game and a half and now Jimmy's back. 
How do I expect Jimmy to look any good? Jimmy's been hasn't been playing. He's missed now. A, he missed a half, and then he missed the full game. You know, I would imagine this last week of the bye, he's just rehabbing to feel good. Now, I did see some clips of him at practice. It looked like he was full go and looked normal. But let's not forget, Jimmy wasn't that great before he left. You know, like you always said, this whole offseason, I think people think you're getting, even if he starts, we saw like Jimmy Garoppolo now is a pretty flawed player. Carson, like if Jimmy Garoppolo starting against Carson Wentz, like they have the better quarterback. And I guess they would too if Trey Lance was starting, given that it's a second start, but it's advantage Colts. Yes, it's advantage Colts on, it could also, you could watch the game and it could look like advantage 49ers. Um, you see Field Yates' tweet the other day about, about Carson no. Wentz, all the picks he's thrown the last couple of years. Like the, you got to give Frank and the Colts credit; he only has one interception no. this year and nine touchdowns. Yeah, nine touchdowns. That was pick. that wasn't a ratio Jeffrey Lurie was used to seeing when he was crashing those direct deposits of thirty five million dollars. <laughs> no, no. I mean he's he's. Uh, I'll pull him up here in a second. He's one pick this year. He was fifteen in twenty twenty. Led the league. Now, I will say this for one. Well, that's hard because he wasn't. I mean, in 19, John, he played 16 games. He only had seven picks. The year before that, seven. The year before that, seven. But he didn't play full seasons in those two years. Um, Jimmy only has two this year. Look, if Garoppolo starts three more games this year, think about this. It'll be the second most starts he's ever had in a season. The most starts, obviously, was 19. He started every game. Then in 20, he started six. So uh, we've all been down this road. It's been litigated and relitigated. How many games Jimmy hasn't really played a full season on and on and on. But to your point, if it not even to be critical of Garoppolo, not to be critical of Kyle, not to be critical of, it's just the reality of he has not been in ideal situations in part because he can't stay healthy. And, you know, I don't, if Trey Lance is the quarterback again in three weeks, we're talking all these hypotheticals now. That again makes the that's that's a month that the offensive line didn't get with Trey Lance. I just I know that's what I'm saying. The ebb and flow is not healthy for your football team. It's just it's just not. It it puts goes back to the crisis mode. It it it, it makes it more difficult to get out of it and get to smooth sailing. Like back to the Colts. They just say what you want. Like now that Carson's back, they just have feels like they have a little stability at their quarterback position, which is the biggest, most important position in football. The moment you get stability in that position, you just feel like like the Chiefs. They have, I mean, they can't stop a nosebleed. They have issues galore, but we got Mahomes, right? You just anytime your quarterback is just taken care of, he's like, oh, we got a quarterback situation. Even with Seattle, when they, you know what, what created the crisis was his finger snapped. It was like they'll be fine. Russell pulls shit out of his ass. He'll get them back. But well, and Russell's you, healthy a lot. If you ha- if you lose a year because Russell got hurt, you know that's part of the sport. Yeah. So the Niners have multiple quarterbacks injuries. Well, what 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 do you think? If I told you right now that Jimmy Garoppolo starts the next eleven games, the rest of the season. What is that? What do you think that looks like? How would I be able to pick the 49ers as a playoff team going into 2022 when I have no clue about Trey Lance? Well, yeah, I'm not talking about 22 or Trey Lance. I'm just saying, what do you, if I said Jimmy Garoppolo starts the next 11 games for them, what do you think? Happens? I would say they, they would start rattling off some wins. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a positive because they would probably be competing to make the playoffs because it would make no sense if you were several games under 500 to keep starting a guy that's not going to be on your team next year. 
Yeah, and you don't want to be in a back-and-forth position trying to win 10 games, miss the playoffs, and then have to commit to the young guy and basically be the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. But I, but, but I think one major difference with the Miami Dolphins and Tua and Trey is like a huge knock on Tua is, right, you see him, you go, God, he's small, his little pea shooter arm, the coolest thing, he's left-handed, so it looks cool, but it's just like, this is something's off. With Trey, I think the thing is, you go, well, he's got this big physical, all these traits. We need to start molding it like clay. You know, like Brian, watching Brian Dayball, who it feels like it's a lock to get a head coaching job this year, they just spent years with Josh, game in, game out. Like his whole first year, everyone's shitty first year. He got to play 16 games. So what did they do all OTAs? Pulling up plays, pulling up plays, pulling up plays. I bet if we sat down with Dayball and Josh Allen over beers, They'd be like, you don't understand how much time we spent March, April, May going into my second year just dissecting the living shit out of my rookie year, what we need to do, and just hammering home. Because you have the film to build off of. Like when you have the base of, what are you really building off with, Trey? Just the one game if, if in your scenario and the half? That's really not that much. No. Now, there are some basic things you would know, but like, hey, Josh, remember when week 12 – your rookie year when you got that quarter, quarter, half coverage that you had never seen before in your life on the third down when we had called this play? Oh, yeah, let's bring that up. Well, hey, this is what we did with when I was with Tom Brady and we'd get this look. Where with Trey, it's all, that whole offseason would all, for the most part, be in theories and hypotheticals, not on tangible data. Like, I would say at minimum, anything less than like, six games of data would be pretty big. Just like it would just be a huge unknown question mark all off season, which would suck. The only way you can justify it is if you're in the playoffs. And yeah. even then it would feel like you've missed out. And to be clear, I don't look at Trey. Like I look at Tua. I, I thought watching Tua last year that they had a problem on their hands and they clearly do have a problem. And at least he got a lot of action in right. That second half of the season. He got to play yeah, a I mean, lot. Yeah, part of the playing the guy is like, we're going to have to make a decision here, right? It's the same reason Josh Rosen played a lot of games for the Cardinals. It turned out it was good because then they could make an informed decision to move on from him. I, I do wonder if Watson, that situation hadn't happened, would he be on the Miami Dolphins? Feels like there's like a 50-50 shot he was, right? Yeah, that they would have decided before even needing to see Tua this year that they'd moved on. Because the be... Niners' problem was they had just more ammo to go land him than, remember they had all those picks? The Niners were like, well, we don't even have that many picks. <laughs> yeah, right. The Dolphins made more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing that was going to be a factor, right, was if if Deshaun said, I want to go there and not there. Right. If Deshaun yeah, dictated destinations. Yeah. Um, but if you were Houston and you're being held hostage, kind of, you go, no, we're getting the most we can get for you. Didn't feel like the preacher and uh, Casario were just going to be bent over by Deshaun Watson. No, they're going to try to avoid it. We try to avoid, it. but the Niners could have given him a bunch of stuff. I mean, the Niners could have given him the Trey Lance package. And the I got to give what's his name, uh, the bald preacher, credit. He's 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 kept a low profile since the since football started. You know, so I haven't seen his yeah. name guy on one social media on post. I've seen anything going viral. I haven't seen any of him just like a picture of him at practice no, with a whistle video of him or preaching. Just, yeah, I haven't seen. He's. I give him. He pivoted pretty well when it felt like everyone was gunning for him. You, you just the key is when everyone's gunning for you, just go underground. AK, when you just suck, no one even cares. There's gonna be like, uh, is that job gonna be open this year? I doubt it. I, I keep think Cully another year. 
well, their team's going to be so bad next year. What when you just give them the two years? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out exactly where Brian Dable is going to be a coach next year. Uh, Does he want the Jacksonville job? Like if like it is Trevor Lawrence, it's bad every other aspect. And but if the Vikings, Denver, Minnesota, I I don't think Denver Fangio deserves to be fired at this point. But you never know; they could get testy there. New uh, General Patton's there. Uh, you know the Raiders have an opening right now. That's a fluid situation. Ooh, that would be an interesting one. Feels like McCarthy's okay. <laughs> yeah, McCarthy's I don't know. Okay. Giants. I, if I'm day ball, like I'm on a pretty good situation. I think I'd learn from some of these guys that have taken these jobs. It's gotten really shitty. Wouldn't you just, you're probably making $3 million. You got Josh Allen. Your team's awesome. You get to run half the team. I, I'm pretty, I'd be pretty cheap. You know, I, I wouldn't just, yeah, I wouldn't just jump at, he did coach at Alabama. Could LSU call him? Yeah. Yeah. I, but I think the Raider job would be one I'd have circled if I were day ball. Yeah, I think he'd be interested. I think he's pretty good. Like watching the Bills' offense, like they, they do some sweet shit. They had a, they had. I mean, that Dawson Knox guy, he, that guy can run. Gave him a carry at the goal maybe line. A little, a, maybe he caught the touchdown I was thinking of. Red well, zone. Th- it was baby he, he zone. Did, he, he did throw the touchdown, but did it was more like a. It was more like a push. Like he did not want tough to throw to make. It. Yeah, and he did. You got to throw the ball up to Josh Allen and give him a chance. It felt like those two teams had a little fun in practice this week. One guy ran the low kneel miracle at the Met. What was that? What's that play called again? Music City Miracle. Music City Miracle. So they put that in in practice. They had a Philly special play put in. So, you know, maybe, you know, Monday Night Football, you might as well put in a trick play or two. Just keep the guys super locked in. The Music City Miracle, hard play to pull off. And the fact that it was a forward pass was like the 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 least what the best case scenario for them. That thing looked like it could have been intercepted. I've never seen the the returner get hit as he throws, unless it's like an end of game scramble type situation. I remember one of the best ones. I don't might be illegal. Was a few years ago. Did Lowe make the throw? No, Lowe. I thought Caught it hands it off to Frank, and then they throw it to Dyson. Because Dyson ran it, so Dyson is the Frank, guy catching. I thought Frank threw it. Why check? I, I thought so too. What what was Lowe's role then? He was just in on the play. No, I think he did. I thought he did something. You're right. I thought Lowe did, did something on the play. But I know that was not the way to honor him. Like that Philly Philly play they ran. That that was in honor of. Okay, uh, so so what happens is Lowe catches it. He hands it to Frank. Frank runs with like low in his classic move, lead blocker, like, okay. Then Dyson's sitting there waiting. Frank turns, throws a dime. Because I was thinking, Lowe really made that throw? Fullback with the neck roll? That'd be a hard throw to make. Yeah. Lowe catches. Great catch by Lowe. He catches out of the air, hands to Frank. Frank does a sweet, like, right as the guy's going to hit him, turns, throws, kind of like a shortstop. Oh, so he is getting hit as he throws. Yeah. My that favorite one, awesome. which might be That's a legal. Walk, walk-off playoff. Man, it doesn't get much better than that, right? No. <laughs> the, uh, That's as good as it gets. Well, who? I mean, how about the, having the kickoff return for a touchdown? What game was that? It, was that he, Sunday Night he, Football? Well, no, there was one last night. Oh, that was right last after, night. And there was a hold on the play. The pull, yeah. They he, was, he was grabbing them. Um, 
they did a great job of showing that play at the end of the game as like a reminder. No, the, I was just going to say the special teams one that a few years ago, Oregon State ran one where they, I think they're wearing black and the guy lays down wearing black in the black end zone. The ball like gets caught on the other side and then he pops up and they throw it to him. And I think they I think that might not be legal anymore uh, or maybe even at the time. But that's a good one. Camouflage in the end zone. That one's pretty sweet. I always love a good two returners. One guy, when the ball's on the opposite side of the field, is just pretending it's going to go to him. All the defenders are going right to him. The other guy randomly catches it. No one's around him and just even the camera guy. The, the camera's up. like, <laughs> and then the only guy left is like the punter, and he's got no chance of like catching like some DB in the open field. <laughs> that's a that's a good play. Hey, speaking of a good play, the performance package 4.0, John. That's code Ham. Get you twenty percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com. The right tools for the job. Proper grooming requires precision engineered tools. Not only does a man's sensitive area require it, but hygiene demands it. Well, guy, how about the weed whacker, which is the greatest. It's actually the only nose trimmer I've ever owned, but you shove that thing up there. You don't even shove it. You just put it up there very just, lightly. Just kind of gently hold it. You don't even feel it. And then it just starts doing work. The weed whacker just starts doing work. And those hairs that are just come sometimes are like down to the middle of your mustache are just gone. It's like, this thing is absolutely incredible. I love the lawnmower series, the 3.0, the 2.0, and now we got the 4.0. I got them all. I think the Weed Whacker is the coolest thing that they have provided for us, and I can't recommend it enough. Manscaped.com, promo code HAM, 20% off free shipping. If you got nose hairs, and I, let's face it, I think the older you get as guys, those things just start growing. I found you, one two days ago. Normally, they grow down. I found one yeah. growing up. Yeah, like, you know, not deep inside the nasal canal, like right on top of the lip, growing up i was like i don't wait wait a second it was long too yeah that's why that's why it's it's why our friends at manscape came up with a weed whacker guy you got to weed whack that bad boy fast uh manscaped.com promo code ham 20 percent off and free shipping 20 percent off and free shipping uh and the uh the wireless charging system is a is a system to behold the convenient dock wirelessly charges the uh, lawnmower 4.0 by transferring energy from the dock to the trimmer via electromagnetic induction science get yourself cleaned up like middle call for date night tonight get on more 4.0 available now 20 percent off and free shipping code ham at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off free shipping manscaped.com code ham do it oh also brought to you by indeed whoop indeed john indeed.com Slash ham, $75 credit to sponsor your first job post. Listen, guy, we got supply chain issues. We got hiring issues. We got problems. But that's where our friends at Indeed come in for you. If you if you run a business, if you're part of hiring at the business you work for, you probably need some help. We got some chaotic times. But Indeed, $75 sponsored job credit. Uh, they help you get in front of the right candidates. You invite to apply through an instant uh, match the people that you do are three times more likely to apply to your job than those who just see it in the search, according to Indeed data. Uh, the right, it just, it helps funnel the people you're looking for right toward you. Indeed.com slash ham, offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire, you need Indeed. You can choose from more than 130 skill tests, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications and applicants that meet them. 
Like John said, get started right now. $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ham. That's Indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. What's up with uh, – are they trying to take the Raiders for Mark Davis, John? Well, I, funny you bring up Mark Davis is right in my timeline. Uh, Mark Davis spoke with the Las Vegas Review Journal. And in there, he said, uh, there's not much more that I could say. All the talking heads are making up all sorts of stuff. That's all it is. We don't stand for it. So is he saying, don't believe Jason Lock and Fora's report that there are people believe that the Raiders, that the NFL is trying to take the Raiders from Mark Davis? Is that who he's talking he about? He was just saying, time? listen, okay, the Raiders stand for diversity, inclusion, social justice. We always have and we always will. The emails that came out are not what we stand for. So I, none, no one is acting like you stand for that. So I, I don't really know what he's talking about, actually. <laughs> I, I think he's just angry. What did Lock and Fora say then? Uh, that Mark Davis thinks he's getting railroaded. Which I can true. see a lot of logic to that theory, and I can understand why he'd feel that way. Because there's league meetings coming up, right? Uh, later this month, yes, with owners' meetings. So uh, basically the 35 of them. So is something going to happen? Well, do you feel he's likely to cause a scene there? I mean, would you say he caused a scene when they when they booted him out of the L.A. Uh, stadium deal? I, if I remember that correctly, Bedane got up and said some things, if I remember, kind of speaking on behalf of Mark. At the time... They kind of had their back against the wall, it felt right, and they needed to get something done, and he was kind of playing politics, and Bedane kind of crushed everyone for fucking them. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, it was not, but I don't know who who is his point person now for situations like this, because Bedane is gone. So is he going to have a moment? He might. He should. I mean, if he feels that way, wouldn't that be the time? Yeah, the problem for him, and and when I I can, like, if I'm going to be sympathetic, is I... It seemed like maybe Spanos was like a guy that he had some relationship with, right? A positive relationship. And obviously that ended when it felt like D- it felt like Dean jumped on the other ship. Yeah, right? they were in the they were in it together. Like they were gonna do their own stadium, right? Yeah. Um and Which I, I don't, to Dean has worked out, you know, yeah, pretty well. I, I got no, but who are his allies? And you know, if you have a couple of allies, maybe it makes it easier to stand up in a meeting like that and rip people. Um, but also maybe he feels like he's got nothing to lose at this point if they're coming for his team, if that's what he thinks is, is happening. But I know this, if I were in his position, I would absolutely believe specifically leaked documents that only call out Bruce Allen and John Gruden, but specifically Gruden first that if I were Mark and that's all I knew that had happened, I would feel like I was targeted too. I would too. I, I don't blame him at all because every other, it feels like everybody else gets protected. Well, here's the thing. And, and listen, I, I get they have to do it in these times. And a lot of people that see this probably don't know. Like, no one questions the Raiders' views on this stuff. Like, it's it's well established in terms of inclusion, diversity. Like, it's well established. In American business, right, they, they would stand out. They were ahead of the curve 40, 50 years ago, from his father to him. Uh, I mean, think about the first, the guy that he hired to run his entire football operation when his dad died was Reggie McKenzie. So like, even if you're like, well, that was his dad. No, like I, Mark stands for it too. But like, they clearly are in this weird spot of the league wants Mark gone. I, I just, I don't know how they're going to be able to just kick him out of the league. 
Like they, they really can't, you know, he's kind of in, in, in their eyes kind of stuck. It, it does feel a little bit like a country club and the NFL would be the equivalent to me of like Augusta national and every member to get in there, you know, is such in this, the ultimate exclusive club. And the difference is at Augusta, you got to pay to be there in the NFL. You're getting paid. And now Marcus or Mark, well, some people real- have to pay to get in. In Where? the NFL, you have to, some, you have to, some people have to buy a team at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. But. And everyone at one point in time, their family potentially did. Some some paid more than others. Uh, Tepper would be like, yeah, I, I paid. <laughs> yeah, Tepper would be like, why is his parking spot better than my parking spot? So, like, I, I just don't... They they want him out because he, 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 you know, is in one of the most valuable areas now in the league in Vegas. And has a really cool stadium, and it just seems like they don't like him. Like he's not one of them, and he's clearly not. Now his dad was never really one of them, but he was definitely more entrenched than Mark, right? So I, I think it's actually going to get uglier before it gets better. But you cannot argue that. Okay, we did a huge investigation on Dan Snyder, which we all agree is like a royal scumbag, and the only collateral damage came out was on the Raiders. And you just took that. They're like, and then three days later, they did you see they threw Sean Taylor a party by the porta potties, and then they put. I mean, Jackson, Jackson Mahomes, like, what is that guy doing dancing on the deal? But but John, the 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 VIP area, there was a rope, right? The rope was not around the number on the field for Sean Taylor. The rope was the VIP area, and all the VIPs were walking over Sean Taylor's name yeah it was just a clown and it, it just and dan did you see the photo dan snyder like in a hoodie to meet with the family like i'm pro bad, hoodie, but that's it's disrespectful. a it's a bad it's a bad the whole thing was a bad look i someone but, had a great tweet they're like maybe it was kevin clark he's like this is one of two things either they did this last minute to try and detract from the negative press they were getting or this is what it looks like when when the washington football team spends four months planning something yeah <laughs> either way is bad sorry keep going i i just don't think it's gonna go away I mean, if they want him out, it's only going to get uglier, right? They'll do whatever it takes. Yeah, ultimately, I think, I think they want. I think they want Dan Snyder out, but I, he clearly is a harder nut to crack, right? And I'm not saying Mark's easy, in but some it just, ways. But Dan, at least we know, has like all kinds. Of, like, there's an HR investigation in the Dan's organization. But right? guy, nothing happened. Like it just well, went right. Away. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, they at least were able to get into his building. I don't. That was about Dan. Like the Gruden thing was about Gruden. It was not about Mark Davis. Ultimately, Donald Sterling lost the Clippers because of something he did. Like, that's yeah. what it takes. So if Mark Davis hasn't done anything that's going to get the team ripped away from him, no matter how dirty it is, right, no matter how whatever level of investigation, house of cards they got to go to to find it, like, if it doesn't exist. I was watching, uh, I flipped on Rory won the CJ Cup in Las Vegas, and it's it's like, you know, you can see the strip when they do the aerial shot, but it's definitely, it'd be like the equivalent of like Walnut Creek in the city. You can tell it's like a 20 minute drive, right? It's out, it's, it's out kind of in the outskirts. They created this golf club from nothing. And Dan Hicks or some, whoever on golf channels calling it. And they're like some notable residents out here, you know, Dana White, start listening to just some guys you'd never heard of big business people. And Raiders owner, Mark Davis built his pad out here. And you're like, I bet that's a sweet area to live, right? So Mark Davis is, Pretty well established in Vegas, right? He's going to all the sweet clubs. Like he's he's kind of entrenched. And in his mind, he'd be like, 
even if he, you know, we can argue how much they actually did to get him. If Jerry did, the league did it, but he's there, you know? And if he doesn't get in trouble, like you said, I don't see how they boot him. You can't, this isn't like, uh, I mean, they could find something for me. You know, they could find Mark Davis. Uh, I don't even know, make up your controversy, but not everything, not every controversy is you can take a team from somebody for, right? Here's no. a video of Mark Davis at a strip club nine years ago. Like, okay, well. It's different. And listen, I, I feel like Mark Davis is infinitely more likable than anything we had ever heard growing up about Donald Sterling, who everyone hated. Yeah. But they did have the bullseye, I felt like, on that guy forever. And when they got there out, they booted him. If Mark Davis doesn't give them an out, like, I just don't, it's going to be very, very difficult. Yeah, I know. But it, it doesn't mean they won't keep messing with him. Maybe it's the warning, like first your coach, but we're going to be, we're doing digging on you. I mean, if you're him, do you think they're digging on you right now? I would think so. And the problem is you, if you don't have any allies, like I'm going to start digging on you, Roger. Well, who, who's helping you dig on him? Oh, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, call me back. You see the meme going around with like uh, the Patriots and the Cowboys, you know, the, the, their embrace, Jerry and Robert. Yeah. They see each other. They get this huge smile and hug. And the yeah. meme was like, when you delete your emails in time, and it's just oh. those two guys smiling and hugging. It was a great a meme. meme. It was a good meme. Well, Jerry like did the old, like, I'm going to fight this guy thing. <laughs> you see Jerry Except, making out with Steven? Uh, no. I mean, it was a pretty did, intense They go kiss. hug, and they both went the, the wrong way? Yeah, well, it's a still shot that I saw. So oh. I just think of the still shot. They were going in for a hug, and they might have gotten some side cheek kiss, and it would kind of look like, a little like Brady and his kid, you know? Yeah, yeah. Shit happens. Still some, some families are kissers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, on that note, adios, pelota. Adios. All right, everybody. Good hanging. Keep keep fighting the good fight, Mark. Yeah, stay at it, everybody. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.